Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting as usual from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're tired of the mega bank experience, and if you're at one of those banks, you know exactly what I mean by that. A bank where you can't, cannot find a live person to talk to to save your soul. Here's the deal. Renaissance Bank, and I've seen this personally, they are big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way. And I've, again, I've seen that with clients that I work with at Renaissance Go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. Guess what? A live person answers the phone. That's your first sign of what I'm talking about. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And I've got two great guests today, Rebecca Black from Jambos and Heather Ballou from HB Consulting. Rebecca, Heather, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks to both of you. Rebecca, let's start with you and talk about jambos how are you serving folks out there listen we're having a good time at jambos so, are you yeah jambos is a nonprofit. we are located in Buford, georgia we provide brand new pajamas to kids in the foster care community through donation sites all over the nation now we have donation sites happening there's one going on in montana right now that's like blowing our mind so that's super exciting but the community has really rallied rallied around kids in foster care mm. and they host your church, your school, your gym, your daughter's softball team hosting donation sites and they collect brand new pajamas and then they bring them into our warehouse where we have thousands of volunteers that come in and help us roll and sort and pack and serve DFAC, CPS, clothing closets on the front lines as kids enter into the foster care system. At least they will have something to call their own brand new jammies. So. Oh, wow. Uh, before we get into more specifics about your work. Uh, wh let's talk about you and why you're passionate about okay. this particular cause. Okay. I am from a really super small town in Eastern Kentucky. It will always be home to me, but I really don't see myself ever moving back there, but it's um, always going to be home. But while I, when I was younger, my parents always were like, what's next? Where are you going to live someday? What are you going to do with your life someday? Like encouraging us to see the world and that sort of thing. So my dad always insisted, let's do short-term mission trips as a family and so I had the opportunity to serve in Kingston, Jamaica and Montego Bay, which sounds like a really sexy place to go for a mission trip. Yeah. <laughs> so I did missions in Jamaica, but some of the most rural areas in the communities there have infant rescue centers or young girl homes where children who are experiencing either homelessness or, or orphans. I had a chance to serve in the front lines and really get close to a lot of the kids in those homes. And that was, I was about 14 or 15 years old when I realized like there's a call in my life to serve these people and serve these kiddos. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm 15 skipping through my house back in Kentucky. Like I'm going to save the world. And my parents were like, no, we think you can do it. And they always harvested, they always watered it. And so uh, many years later, I went through corporate world. I could sell ice to Eskimos. Like I was in sales, marketing, like all the things, but I was just miserable. And I just never quit like knowing that there was a call to serve kids in orphan care or foster care, that sort of thing. And I just really have a heartbeat inside to chase after bringing comfort to kids as they transition through a really scary, anxious time, whether that be experiencing their true orphans or they're experiencing foster care here in our country. So, 
So why foster care and why pajamas? Because the children that are in foster care need everything, really, yeah. right? Yeah. In some cases, they are taken away from their parent guardian with nothing except the clothes on their back, right? Yeah. Why, first of all, why foster children and young adults that are in foster care and why pajamas? I think that going back to the the orphanage or infant rescue center experience when I was younger, I really saw a resource burden. And I spent the majority of that trip holding this one little baby and just, just praying over her. And it just, it set a spark in me. And then when I came back and grew up and did all the things, it was like, I never lost that spark. And so foster care, I was not a foster parent. I've always had a heart to adopt, but I'm a single mom. I have three daughters. I don't know if that's the next best move for me, mm-hmm. but it was like, what would be a way that we as a family really, cause my girls have been doing this with me from the jump, but what would be a way that we could serve kids that are transitioning from home to home. And you're right. Like you hit the nail on the head kids as they enter into the foster system. Oftentimes it's really abrupt. It's happening straight from school or wherever church, wherever they were. And there's no time to pack a nice bag and you're going to have all your items. And that's not how this goes. And so we saw, I saw the need to step in and I just went to CPS and DFAX and said, what do you need? And every single time I asked case managers, they would all say pajamas would be great. And so I said, okay, I can do that. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, right now in this season, I can't bring a child into my home, but I can ask my small group at church or I could ask the the community to collect pajamas and then we'll just, we'll start giving them out to you. And so that's what I did. So, yeah. This is such a great story from this sense. There are a whole lot of nonprofits out there that started Without asking the question, what yes. do you need? That's a soapbox. Yeah. It just put me right on there. I, will, I, will, <laughs> I don't want yeah. you to go off the yeah. deep end on that one, but it's really important mm-hmm. b- before you, and p- people are passionate and I get that, but it's just like a business oh, in yeah. this sense, right? You There has to be a need for it to justify the existence of setting up an entire new, an entirely new 501c3, because that's an involved process, as you well know. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I learned it all. I was not an entrepreneur before I did this. Mm -hmm. I was not in the nonprofit sector. I did not go to school for this. This is not like I know everything about nonprofits. This Mm -hmm. was, I felt God called me to do it. And I took a huge leap of faith quitting my job to start this. Mm -hmm. And so starting a 501, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I went into a bank and didn't even have the right paperwork. Like they were like, lady, I was like, I'll be back. (laughs) Just give me a second. I'll be back. Like I'll go get the papers. It's fine. But you're right to circle back to what you were saying is I think that a lot of people who take on the the nonprofit world, a lot of people who say, I want to start something to make a difference, we're visionary people. Mm-hmm. We have big hearts. We have big ideas. We want to save the whole world. And But you really have, and I th- I'm grateful for some of my journey along the way, you really have to hone in on what is the one thing you're doing, what is the one thing you're going to do really well, and be the best at it. Yeah. So I have to ask why the name. This is a great question. When I was a little girl, my mom called our pajamas jambos. Ah. And I thought everybody called them that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, like sleepovers, like, I'm going to put my jambos on. And people are like, okay, Rebecca's so weird. But my, I don't know where that name came from, really. My mom just called it that. And mm-hmm. I thought that's what we called pajamas. And yeah. so a full circle life moment. Like I was young and I said, I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to go to Kenya. I want to go to Uganda. I was all the, me and my big ideas. And I finally got the opportunity to go to Kenya. And I was really wrestling with, at the time I was working at a mega church in the area. And I was really wrestling with, am I going to retire from this mega church because I love my job there? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to step into obedience and do what I'm called to 
and do this foster care thing. And Jombo in Swahili, which is the language they speak in Kenya, is like a warm welcome. It's like the way that you say hello. And I just had this call it what you want moment and the wind blows different in Kenya. That's a whole nother conversation. But it was like, I could not dismiss that this is what I was supposed to do. Mm. So the two kind of coming together, I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, I can't hide from this anymore. I'll freaking do it. So here right. we are. <laughs> here you are. Yeah. So th- this, you started the nonprofit when? So 2018 is when we officially became a 501. And that was a process. You're right. Yeah. But 2018, it was all happening inside of our living room at the time. Again, I'm a single mom. So at the time I was living with my mom and dad and my three daughters. And we took over the formal dining room. We took over the garage. We took over the living room. Pajamas just started coming in droves. And my goal initially was just to help 843 kids in Gwinnett County because that's where I lived. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Gwinnett County. But that's like a thousand kids. Like that's a lot of kids, right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, great. We collected 5,100 pairs of pajamas that year. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Okay. This is a thing. This is going to work. Like yeah. people want to do this. Yeah. And the next year was we exceeded that. And so what was supposed to just happen for my small little mind town, like my little thinking ended up blowing up and we served in two years, we served the whole state. It was wild. Wow. Yeah. What a story. When you're looking for folks to actually donate pajamas and so how do they know what to donate? And and what's acceptable, what's not? Yeah, I love to play by the rules. Keep it simple, stupid. Like we got to keep this as simple because the messaging will get murky. Mm -hmm. And back to what you were saying is you got to hone in on what you're doing. And so anybody that bumps into our collateral, bumps into our marketing, bumps into our voice, here's we collect brand new pajamas, preemie all the way to men's 2X, like little bitty babies all the way to adults. And it is literally that simple. They just have to be brand new. It's a very important piece of the culture at Jambos that we give brand new items to the kids we serve yeah. just because they oftentimes don't get brand new mm-hmm. and it's your pajamas. Do you, I don't want anybody <laughs> sleeping in my, come on, we're not going to do that. So we give brand new things. We love for kids to be able to pull the tags off. That's the most fun part. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, my hope is that anytime you bump into marketing with Jambos, you hear brand new pajamas and that's literally it. Yeah. yeah. So pajamas, that's all. That's it. That's all. And so you're just open to taking any size, any gender, what have you, whatever you, someone is in the store, they run by the pajama aisle or the jambo aisle, whatever they, (laughs) (laughs) and they can just pick up several pair and send them to you. Yes. The model initially is, Hey, we have, we invite you. We'll say that you're going to host a pajama drive. You would, we would invite you to tell your friends or your sphere of influence that you're hosting the pajama drive, whether it be through your church or school or whatever. And then now you're leading that and your friends and your family trust you. They don't know me. They don't know the story, but they trust you. And so, okay, yeah, he's going to collect pajamas. And then you're going to collect them and you just tell them, Hey, if you're at local retail store, what have you, then when the um, pandemic hit, we had to get really creative as everyone did. So we opened up our Amazon wish list. So we have a wish list for anybody that maybe you're hosting a party with the pajamas and, Oh, I forgot. Click the link and you can just ship them straight to the warehouse. Mm -hmm. So that wish list serves us very well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in 2020 Christmas, we received 9,000 packages from Amazon just at Christmas. Wow. And yeah. That was pretty intense. Oh. The mail, the post office box that I had was just an envelope box. 
And I tried to make friends with the post office after. I was like, here's lunch. Can I bring you donuts? But they weren't they weren't they, happy with me. They didn't. Yeah. I tried to make friends with them, but I They uh, weren't yeah. <laughs> The more you were talking, the more they were boxing. Oh, huh? here she comes. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how do you sort all these donations that you get? They all come in one central place. Yeah. That's a logistical nightmare. You're right. (laughs) What's really beautiful is the community has really bought into this. And we have, I would say active, we have about 3,500 active volunteers that Mm. come into our warehouse. We have opportunities every week on Wednesday, every month at the end of the month. We have churches that have rallied around us, Boy Scout crews, all, all of, literally we have so many volunteers that we have to get creative with things to do sometimes. Mm. And that's a beautiful problem. Do not hear me complaining about that. That's a great thing. But all of our volunteers, they all come in, they roll the pajamas, sort them, pack them and get them prepared to go to, now we're serving every state. So we send pajamas out to every state. So you started in 2018 and you're serving every state. Yes. And wow. 17 countries. I just shipped to Ethiopia yesterday. So we, we, we just hit you. 17 countries. Yeah. We're rocking. <laughs> we're doing it. Wow. Yeah. You're sending the pajamas where? And, and, and like, how do these requests, how do they find out about you, whoever this is? <laughs> and then how do you send those pajamas and how does all that process work? So initially our model was we send pajamas to DFACS or CPS or foster clothing closets. Private foster agencies will often have a clothing closet. We reach out to them here in the state of Georgia was where we really started. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, we're sending you a couple hundred pairs of pajamas a quarter. And then as it got bigger, we actually went viral on TikTok last Christmas. And we had, we had launched a program called Jambos to Home during the pandemic so that foster parents who had children in their homes, because they weren't seeing, they weren't being seen by case managers, court was all closed. None of that was happening. So we're like, how can we still serve the kiddos that we want to give jammies to? So we gave it the opportunity for families to go on the internet or go on the website and just request jammies. And we were mailing them to their doorsteps. And kind of an interesting fact is kids in foster care oftentimes don't receive uh, mail. Because their address is changing all the time. Right. So it's it's actually like, we call it happy mail. Mm-hmm. So they get something cozy and happy and fun in the mail. So that program went viral because a foster parent who had 1.5 million followers got pajamas from us and talked about it. Sorry to go off on a tangent here, but the year before we had served 127 families the entire year. Mm-hmm. December 6th, we went viral and we served 4,000 families before the end of January. Wow. So- That opened up a can of worms because you want to talk about a logistical nightmare. That was absolutely, (laughs) I'm still exhausted and it's been a year. So, whoa. So that opened up a can of worms because um, on top of those 4,000 families, 700 agencies across the country, well, really across the world were asking us for pajamas too. Hmm. So we were balancing that. I affectionately call it a $50,000 TikTok bath because it was insane. It was nuts. So we... We had a good time. We it was it's good. We're yeah. making it. Oh. Yeah. So you you said that the you deliver to the agency or the or defects. Yeah. You don't deliver directly to the child? No. So the kids in foster care are really protected by yeah. both the foster families and then also the case managers and defects. Another thing, and this kind of circles back to that whole, I want to help and is it actually helping thing you were talking about right. earlier. We have a real strong model at Jambos where we're going to help you on the front line and we're getting out of your way. 
Mm-hmm. This isn't always about us seeing the kids we serve. This is not about accolades for us or patting on the back. None of that. This We want DFACS or CPS or the case manager to be the hero. That when they pick up a child, they have, oh, I have some things for you. This is not about Jambos. Yeah. And we don't. Stateside, we do not see the kids we serve very often. We really are there to run shoulder to shoulder with DFACS. Got it. Yep. And what? so you started in... T- 2018, you're now in all 50 states in 17 countries? Yeah. Wow. That is simply amazing. What do you attribute that growth to? Beyond just the fact that it's a cause people can get behind, right? And they intuitively understand what you're trying to do. Now, I'm not going to over-spiritualize this and take us down a rabbit hole of uh, how holy everything can be, but I really rooted this organization in prayer. Mm -hmm. Before I started this, it was surrounded in prayer. Mm. And before, and I will get to this, but before we ever ask anybody to donate or give or be a part of it, it's, is your heart tender towards this? Mm -hmm. And setting that as like the core of the culture at Jambos, the people who are involved in Jambos are passionate about it. And that's very important to the heart of our organization. So there's that. The other thing is it's easy as pie to be a part of. People want to do good. I believe that. I know that. I see that. People want to do good. You just have to give them an easy way to do it. We're all busy. And everybody, I'm a firm believer, everybody has a little good in them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so if you can just open the door and say, here's how you can do it and make it so simple, people jump in. So... We're here. We're here as we record this show. It's uh, coming up on Christmas 2023. Others may be listening to this show, the re- the recording, the podcast of the show in, in March or April. That's not the time where you get donations, right? That's let's face it. Christmas brings out folks' feelings about children in need, and there's a lot of gifts at that time. Just like you talked about when you went viral. Yeah. So talk about. Those times of the year where you really need folks to lean in. Yeah. So we are a 365 organization. Like we do this all year round. Some yeah. organizations will, hey, we just do it at the holiday or we just do it mm-hmm. at Chris or back to school or what have you. So we are 24-7, 365. You're right. The quarter four, and there, it's very common for nonprofits to really lean heavy on their quarter four. Yeah. And so people are very generous with their time, with their resources, with their volunteer hours, the pajamas, that all really comes together strong in quarter four. But I always like affectionately say quarter two, those are your real, those are your real family members and Jambos is where, who's calling me in April? Who's calling Jambos in March saying, Hey, how can we be a part this summer? May is foster care awareness month. So we do a lot during foster care awareness month to support foster families, but we're sending out pajamas all year round. I have had a couple people bump in and say, Oh, all your volunteer opportunities for the holidays are full. Yeah. I'll see you in February. You're going to come in February. (laughs) And that's true. I will say, of course, I'm like, Oh, pro everybody go Jambos come here and volunteer, but whatever cause you're passionate about, Reach out in the weirdest times. Don't just wait till December. Don't just wait till November. Call them in July. Ask them what they need in June because those are the times where they could really use extra hands, funding, all the things. Yeah, that uh, good words there. Rebecca Black is with us, and she is the founder of Jambos, jambosdonates.org. Yep, that's it. Yep, let's talk about What's next? What, how you just beside, beyond managing this 
tremendous growth you're having. What is the next, what are the next few years look like for you? The most terrifying thing that I can ever say is I have an idea. My parents hate it when I'm like, Hey, I have an idea. They're like, Rebecca, what next? Um, But it's also really exciting because I'm a visionary. So Mm -hmm. we have lots of really cool things happening. We just did a one to three year strategic plan with Jambos and we're actually taking our warehouse mobile. So we are in the process of raising the funding and getting the plan f- to make our warehouse go into cities near you. Mm. And we'll host donation sites through churches or big club sports teams, that sort of thing. We'll have all the jammies there, and then we'll be able to distribute inside their community. Right now, it's a lot of shipping. And as you're growing and scaling and all the things, it's like donor dollars are going to where donor dollars need to go. But we would love for those relationships to get stronger, awareness to be brought to to the community. And so putting a big Jambos bus, is that's happening. We're doing it. So that will be in the next one to three years. We're really hoping to bring awareness to the foster community inside big cities across the southern part of the U.S. So we know that all nonprofits need cash donations. So we'll just put that out there, folks, if you're so inclined. But how else can volunteers connect with you and and feel a, a heart tug Uh, that want to get involved, how else can they do that? One, just like I said earlier, like it is very important to the heart of Jambos that this is something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Whether it's prayer or meditation, whatever it is that you do to tenderize your heart towards something, that's number one, is learn a little bit about the foster community. Come to us if you have questions about it. We would love to answer those questions for you and with you. But obviously the donations with funding, that's a no-brainer. But our volunteer hours inside the warehouse, if you're local, we'd love to host you. Local or not local, if you want to collect pajamas, it is so easy. We send you everything you need from marketing collateral to the kit, the box, the postage, all of it. We cover it all. It has never been so easy to bring comfort to kids in foster care. We've nailed it. So yeah, if that's something that you feel so inclined to do, then we would love to get you set up. You just visit the website. Just ways to help. Click it down. It's pretty simple. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. And just I'll reiterate the point for you. All that shipping, all the warehouse space, salaries for your people, you you can't pay for that with pajamas, folks. That's so you know, it well, helps. Let's hire this guy. Yeah. You work for Jambos now. You get it. I think people forget sometimes that a nonprofit is a business, right? And so there is overhead cost associated with this. Yeah. And um, people think you're just out here doing it out of the good and sharp. Yeah, I am. But we're doing this with excellence. We're doing this with like passion. Like we're executing big goals. We're serving thirty one thousand kids this year. Wow. That's nuts. You don't do that with just handshake and a hug. Like we're raising next year is a $571,000 budget. We're we're moving. So it doesn't just happen because people give you a high five. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think also my mama always says not to derail this, but my mama says like there are senders and doers. My mom was like, go ahead, Rebecca, you go to Uganda. You like to go do that. How can I help send you? And Mm. you can't have one without the other. So um, there are people who they are called to give. And there are people who are called to roll pajamas. (laughs) So yeah, just get in your wheelhouse and let's make it happen. So folks, when you send those pajamas in, we'll let Rebecca tell you how to do that. Send a check with them. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So let's again, get to the most important question, which is for those that do want to be in touch, want to get involved, want to learn more, tell them how they can do that. So obviously the website, jambosdonates.org. I'll throw my email address out there. It's Rebecca with a K. You're probably going to write that down somewhere in the bio, but Rebecca at jambosdonates.org. And then obviously like our social media handles, jambosdonates on everything. I will confess I'm terrible at TikTok. So don't follow us there. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now you've immediately picked up a bunch of followers and we'll see what you're doing, right? You think that wasn't strategic? Uh, Yeah, you're so funny. Rebecca Black with Jambos. Rebecca, thanks for the great work you're doing. We're just delighted we could highlight it. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's turn to an old friend, Heather Ballou. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. I know you. (laughs) HB Consulting is your firm. Let's uh, tell everyone a little bit about you and how you're serving folks through HB Consulting. Yeah. So I like to call us a development firm. So we are helping both small businesses and nonprofits gain visibility in their communities. And sometimes that's your actual physical community. And then sometimes that's your digital community. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing. So you like to use the term community marketing. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure that's a term a lot of people may not be familiar with. So let's define what that is. Essentially, it is a couple of things, right? So it's marketing very clearly, but also it's PR. It's potentially sales, depending on what you're looking to do. For nonprofits, it's like donor relations, connections, connecting you with the resources that are already in your community that you just either don't have the time to build that relationship or you don't know how to start. So really we take on that relationship role for you and we essentially become the development representative out in your community. Mm. So let's back up and talk a little bit about you and your passion for this work and why you got into all this. Yeah. I, after graduating UGA, I really wanted to work for a nonprofit and honestly didn't know. I just thought, I want to go be a nonprofit worker. But I had some expertise in working with sexual assault victims and child abuse victims Mm. uh, while volunteering while in school. And that really lit a fire under me. And I really had a passion for that subject and wanted to help. Got a job in Gwinnett. That's what brought me over here from Athens. And then nonprofit life is sometimes has a, a time limit. And so for me, it was about that three years. And then so now I serve nonprofits a little bit differently, of course, but hit that three limit time time frame for me. And then I changed to working for a for-profit business, helping them really with development and getting in their community and finding the resources that they were they, they needed to grow. And really those resources are, are relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Everything starts with relationships. I did that and I got to see a lot of things come out of the strategies I helped put into place and the ideas I had. And both of my parents are entrepreneurs, so I probably was going to have a business anyway. just didn't know what it was. <laughs> it right. was baked in your cake, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so that's how I got here. And I really wanted to be able to do what I was already doing for multiple people and really be able to give whatever knowledge I could possibly give and help them with to multiple organizations and businesses. So it it's different but not dissimilar between nonprofits and and Mm -hmm. for-profit businesses but let's talk about this the importance of community and relationships in a world where people sometimes think it's all digital right yep funny or not funny I don't know a lot of times when people ask me about where they should get started and this kind of answers your question. I'll get back to the question. But they ask me and they assume it's digital. They always assume that. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I tell them no. What is most important, especially for small businesses and, and small nonprofits, and by small, we know that 
small business, like it goes up to what, like $5 million. So when I say small, keep that in mind. Sure. But what's really important is the folks around you. And Rebecca was talking about the buy-in from the people who are your neighbors, who are your friends, who go to church with you, whatever, who has buy-in. Because if your community doesn't, for most businesses and most nonprofits, it's not going to work. Sure. Mm. You do have those that go viral digitally and really can make that work. But that's not the model for everybody. And so if you're not leaning into your community, it's my opinion that you won't see, you might see success, but it's not long-term success that you could see, like Rebecca's talking about from 2018 to to now. It just, from my experience, it's not going to work. The business owner out there that's listening to this, (laughs) and they're like several years into their business and they like what you have to say, but they're maybe a little nervous about, as the old phrase goes, getting out there. So they're a little nervous about that. How do they do that? My first tip is if you're an introvert and the phrase getting out there, like just really scares you, find your extrovert. Like whatever you're doing, find your extrovert friend. Um, Oh, your friend? Yes. You don't even find your extrovert internally. You're a wing person. That's right. Okay, gotcha. So that's key because it is scary, especially like networking or going to events. Maybe you don't know anybody. That is truly terrifying. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Take a buddy, take somebody who you know either knows people in the room or just is good at. Find your Rebecca. She's good at talking to anybody, right? Yeah, so, we got uh, that impression. Yeah. But also, extroverts listening, you need to find your Heather. Yeah. Like, you're also really great at talking to people. But like, extroverts, sit down a second. Get somebody that's going to pay attention. Because yeah. extroverts will take over the world. And that's it's true. exhausting. So sorry. Mm. But no, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do that. And then also, take a look. So my kind of initial advice always is, A, get involved in your local chamber, wherever that is. Yeah. And then... B, look for business associations. So in Gwinnett specifically, like every city has their own association. So while that might be feeling a little overkill, what that really gets you to do is get in front of A, sometimes the same people. So you get to really build that relationship over and over again because you're following each other to networking events. But then B, a lot of times public officials or people that are really important in those areas, they come to these events. So you really get to be in front of people who are making decisions for your community, for your business, for your nonprofit, whatever. So those are two of the like main things that I always say, get out there really just means find ways to plug in. Folks, we're chatting with Heather Ballou and Heather is with HB Consulting. Heather, let's talk about this idea of corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now that's something else that scares business owners (laughs) half to death, right? It's what happens if I get involved in a cause that somehow becomes controversial in some way, right? Or how do I choose a cause or Mm -hmm. should I choose a cause and get connected to a cause? Sort all that out for us. Yeah. And that's another easy way for businesses to quote unquote, get out there is really support something that they care about. And to Rebecca's point, you're either yourself or your team has to be passionate about the work. If they're not, it doesn't last long. The relationship's over pretty quickly. And really what you need to do is be strategic. For businesses specifically, you do not want to give your money, your time, and your resources willy-nilly. That is not what we're talking about here. It's be strategic, be passionate, and then really do it in a way that that feels good, right? Figure out what that means to you and then implement that into your strategy. Mm. One other thing I will say about corporate social responsibility, sometimes 
businesses in particular, they don't feel like they can talk about what the, the good they do. They're like, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to. They think it's bragging, it. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And sure, there's going to be somebody on your social media that's, ugh, please stop. There's right. going to be that person. Of course. But really, if you don't tell people the good you're doing, no one's going to know. And what we've seen from the pandemic is that people want to get involved with businesses or causes that are doing good mm -hmm. in the community, mm -hmm. whether that's their specific community or it's something just a cause they really care about. Right. From my perspective and from our team's perspective, like you need to tell people you're doing it um, because A, it's good to just do good, but B, it generally is going to drive sales if you're doing it in a, a good way. And you're highlighting whatever cause is important to you too, right? Yeah. So that that's, if you get nothing out of it other than that, <laughs> you've gotten something, right? Yeah. And you're, yeah. and you, as you say, you are going to get more out of it than that because people yeah. like to do business with companies that are engaged in their communities, right? Correct. Yeah. Let's talk about you and your work. So a, a client comes to you and says, uh, Heather, okay, i I'm interested. I'm, I'm scared, but I need to get out there. I'm interested in what you say about community marketing. Where yeah. do you start? Yeah, we have a sort of a launch session that we do at first. And we really just go through what, where you're at right now. I need to know what is the general happenings and then where you want to go. And then we talk about that kind of messy in between spot of what you're trying to do. So that's more of just like a, a one-off. Anybody can do that. It's real quick and easy. I give you some general ideas, but then there are also some very specific ones based on what we talk about. And then after that, it's more, if you want to continue engaging, there's more of a traditional consulting model where we meet monthly. Uh, my job is to really help you stay on track of your goals, uh, make sure that you're doing the thing that we talked about. Um, sometimes people just need to know they have a meeting on the calendar that's going to force them to answer a question. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> that's really helpful. And also the entire time you're always getting continued strategy and continued just different ways to always be changing up to make sure you're on the right path. And then the third option, you always have the behemoth of an option. But the third one is really to fully engage, fully offload some of this development stuff. So that's where we essentially become the development representative where we're, if it's for a business, we're focused on sales, we're focused on community, PR, all those different things. If it's nonprofits, we're focused on funding relationships and then donor relations, that sort of thing. And that third one is really, you're like, hey, I am interested and I don't want to have to do any of this. I just want to meet with you and talk about where we're at and where we want to go. Mm -hmm. where, that's where you get it. <laughs> Did you bring me here so that I would hire you? Is that why we're doing this? Because Maybe. I'm like in the camera right now. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Yeah. Yeah, it's resonating. Right? Your message is resonating, <laughs> Heather. So how do how does someone that is listening to what you have to say, how do they self-identify as a good client? Who is a good fit for you? Yeah, so generally it is anybody who is, for that launch session, it can be anybody who maybe even is just starting out and they really just, but really where we shine the best is for people who are about, year two, maybe a little more, and they're just struggling to figure out how to make that next jump, mm. whether it's a huge jump or it's just, hey, we're in this office we hate and we want to move a couple addresses down and that's a big deal for us. So how do we do that? So really it's that. And then also it's 
knowing that there's more in the community, there's more resources available, but you just don't know how to tap into them mm. or you don't have the connections needed to make that happen. One thing that we do pride ourselves on is that we're, if you're on my LinkedIn, we are out there. So mm -hmm. we are making these relationships for you. So a lot of times we have a connection that if it doesn't get you in the door, it gets you in front of the person that will open the door for you. Mm. So really that's where we shine. Yeah. Wow. Great work. Heather, let's talk about a success story yeah. or two, maybe. I mean, sure. that, that helps illustrate the great work that you're doing. Yeah. So I'll do, I'll do two. One okay. on the community side, one on digital. So for digital marketing, it really depends on your goal. What is it that you're trying to get digital marketing to do for you? And everybody's different. So really every success story is different, but I'll tell the general one of a nonprofit that she just was having the hardest time getting her email newsletter out. And like she needs to, that is good for multiple reasons, but really for donors and for people who are supporting, they need to have that consistent update of what's going on. Yep. And so for her, we've been doing our newsletter for, I think six or seven months now. And so people that I didn't even know, they know her and they're like, oh, I've been getting her information. It's so consistent. I appreciate that. And I'm like, oh, we do that. So that's been fun. But really just helping her be very consistent and getting her information out there. And then if you're a client of ours, just because we're doing email marketing, you get a ton of other stuff. So we we market her in, in multiple ways and have got good feedback from that. But then on the other side, on community marketing, I had somebody come to me and they were in the education space, their nonprofit in the education space and was really needing to get in front of schools and for about five years had just had the hardest time. They were newish to Gwinnett and it just couldn't figure it out. I knew somebody, I was sitting on a board with someone who was a, a vice principal at one of the schools in Gwinnett and had a meeting for that client in the next month. So for him, it was just the connections we had. Obviously, we did a lot of strategic planning and that sort of thing too. But for him, the big win was like, my gosh, I've been trying to do this and cannot get in front of the right person. And so we mm. were able to do that. Wow. What great work. Yeah. Heather Blue, HB Consulting. Heather, this has been great. I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want to know more about you and your work. So let's tell them how they can be in touch. Sure. Our website is hbconsultingco.com. Or feel free to email me. It's hello at hbconsultingco.com. If you're feeling crazy and want to text me, my cell phone number is 256-295-6611. I am not spam. I just lived in Alabama for a bit. I love that. <laughs> I That's I how she has all those relationships. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't worry if it's got that at 256. Right, Don't worry right. if it's got 256. It is not a political fundraiser, right? right. It's Heather. And and to make it clear, I am a, a dog fan. All right. I live oh. there, but just in case you're stressed about that, I'm not an, I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we all can't be perfect. Heather Ballou with HB Consulting. Heather, this has been great. And I congratulate you on the great work you're doing. You're doing super work. So keep, you, keep up the good work. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder. Speaking of promotion, I've got a new book out. It's called The Generosity Mindset, A Journey to Business Success by Raising Your Confidence, Value, and Prices. If you're a solo or small professional services firm, if you're a solopreneur and you're having trouble with your confidence, your value, and that's showing up in prices that are lower than you would like to have, if you're a coach or consultant or someone like that, 
and you need some help with that, this may be a book for you. Go to thegenerositymindset.com to learn more, find out more about the book, and I'd be honored if you picked it up, bought it, and give me some feedback. Also, I just want to thank you, our listeners. This is, we're coming down here. This is the last episode of North Fulton Business Radio for 2023. And we, this is show number 737 after almost eight years of doing this show. And you have supported us in so many ways, and we're so grateful to you for that. One of the ways is sharing the show when you've heard of great community business leaders like Rebecca and Heather today who are doing great work and that work deserves to be found and celebrated. You share the show. Thank you for that. You also like us on social media and tag us and we love that and appreciate that. So thank you for helping us highlight the great work of these community leaders, business leaders in our region, because that helps us live into the, our mission to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region. So for my guest, Rebecca Black, Heather Ballou, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.